Previously on Transformers University, we took a look at the 1984 toy line and we took a look at the 1984 initial limited series from Marvel. Today we're going to pair them together as we take a look at the birth of the online fandom and we go by the numbers into the original toy packaging text specs on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another edition, our 10th episode of Transformers University, and that is a good number, and we are going to dive into numbers today. I'm calling this episode By the Numbers and uh, taking a cue from my former career working for Major League Baseball, where I used to produce a, a segment from time to time called By the Numbers, where we broke things down by the numbers. And uh, today, we're going to look at... We're going to do this by the numbers segment. We're also going to look at the very earliest days of the online fandom. And the reason I'm lumping these two together is these two things are kind of small right now. And they're going to probably be their own episodes later on in this series. But for now, since there's not a lot to cover on either, we're going to make them into one. Get you a little more bang for your buck. So in this episode, the by the numbers portion, we're going to start with... And what I did here is I went through all of the toy packaging, bios, and tech specs and broke down all the characters into uh, groups where they would fit within their um, military structure uh, with the Autobots and the Decepticons and uh, took all of the uh, tech spec numbers, the strength, intelligence, speed, endurance, rank, courage, firepower, skill, and charted them all out in Excel, and uh, the numbers are interesting to see uh, who has the most, who has the highest in various places, and how they're portrayed uh, to that in the fiction. So, without further ado, let's uh, jump right into the Autobots, and uh, I've broken down the Autobots into uh, five categories, and these uh, same five categories are applied to the Decepticons as well. So um, there is Command. So Command, as far as the Autobots go, is only Optimus Prime. There is uh, Engineering, which uh, consists of three characters. Brawn, who's uh, Demolitions. Huffer, Construction Engineer. And Wheeljack, the Mechanical Engineer. Uh, the next group would be Infantry. So these are the Fighters. Um, Usually they get the function of warrior, which four of these five characters have. Uh, Cliff Jumper, Sideswipe, Sunstreaker, and Windcharger. And the fifth person being Blue Streak, who was the gunner. And uh, I put him into infantry because that made sense to me. If it's technically accurate, I'm sure my buddy Gabriel Owens, the salty seaman, will let me know. Uh, the remainder of the Autobots are, are in two groups. Uh, one is uh, medical which is just Ratchet. And yes, the cartoon portrays Wheeljack as kind of a uh, inventor doctor, and in this uh, series, that kind of falls into the medical category as well, but for simplicity's sake and for breaking down these numbers, uh, Ratchet is by himself in the medical field because he is the medic. And the rest of the group falls what I under what I call intelligence. So these are... Um, the strategists, the spies, the reconnaissance and scouts and security, 
uh, and that would be Bumblebee and Gears, Hound, Ironhide, Jazz, Mirage, Prowl, Trailbreaker. Uh, those 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 characters fall into the intelligence group. So, out of the initial 18 Autobots, and not counting Bumper, who did not get a tech spec, um, out of those original 18, we have one in command, we have three in engineering, five as part of the infantry, eight as part of in the intelligence pool, and one as the medic. Moving on to the Decepticons. There are only four categories within Decepticons at the moment because I don't have anyone that fits that medical field. And uh, within this, I do have two people that fit uh, the basic criteria for command, and that is Megatron, whose function is leader, and Starscream, whose function is air commander. So with that in mind, I placed him into command. Now, a lot of these groupings are based off of the wording of the character's function. From there, we have two Decepticons that fall into engineering in Ravage and Rumble, uh, respectively a saboteur and demolition. So I, I take combat engineering as part of the engineering group. Uh, again, if I'm wrong, please shoot me an email, info at tfu.info, or hit me up on Facebook or Twitter and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what the proper thing is, and then in 85, when we cover this stuff again, uh, we'll make some corrections. Uh, three characters fall into the warrior category, so there are the infantry, and that would be Frenzy, Skywarp, and Thundercracker. That Frenzy is the blue Frenzy, because we're talking about the toys. And the final three Decepticons fall into Intelligence, and that would be uh, Buzzsaw, Laserbeak, and Soundwave. So let's jump into the tech spec numbers. Uh, so as I mentioned before, there are eight categories on your standard Generation 1 tech spec. Strength, Intelligence, Speed, Endurance, Rank, Courage, Firepower, and Skill. Now, uh, if you remember the box packaging for this, you needed a little clear red sheet of uh, cellophane. Uh, I guess you could call it a gel. Uh, I guess you can get me to say cellophane correctly. But you needed that to decode this little scrambled red and blue image that would allow you to see the line, um, much like a, um, a heart monitor in a hospital, uh, and where it hit on the graph for each character. So I've uh, sorted all the numbers uh, for this, and we're going to start with strength. Then we're going to start with the Autobots. So the uh, 18, did I say 19 before? If I did, I meant 18 Autobots. Uh, of the 18 Autobots, Optimus Prime by far has the best numbers overall, so there are going to be a lot of times where we discount Optimus Prime because he has a lot of 10s. These all work on a scale of 1 through 10, uh, if you didn't know that already. So as far as strength goes, Optimus Prime, strength of 10. Uh, he is also the only Autobot to have a strength of 10. The next strongest down is Braun uh, with a strength of 9. And I believe this gets shown off a bit. Um, certainly gets shown off in the TV series as he uh, takes on Megatron, as I mentioned last episode, uh, and holds his own against both Megatron and Soundwave by himself. And uh, he has a strength of 9. Interestingly enough, of the uh, intelligence grouping, and the only Autobot to have a strength of 8, is Gears, 
who uh, had a very small toy. It's very interesting that two of the smallest toys in the uh, first year also have some of the biggest strength rankings. Uh, so Gears was at eight and, and is the strongest of the intelligence uh, pool as I've laid them out. And uh, there's a couple more that sit at uh, seven uh, in the engineering pool with Wheeljack and Huffer, both being a seven uh, to bronze nine. And then finally, uh, the strongest in the warrior pool, the infantry pool, is Sideswipe with a seven. It's interesting to see that the Autobots warriors aren't necessarily strong. So Sideswipe is a seven. Blue Streak as a gunner, you would expect him to be a little weaker. He is a six. Sunstreaker is a five. And the uh, remaining two warriors, Cliffjumper and Windcharger, are both fours, uh, which is about the same as uh, the same number they gave Ratchet, the medic. The weakest of the original Autobots is Bumblebee, which uh, kind of par for the course because he has always been mentioned to be the weakest of the Autobots, or at least been portrayed and not necessarily mentioned as, but uh, alluded to that he is not terribly strong. Of the Decepticons, uh, the strongest, another one who gets a lot of 10s across the board, but not nearly as many as Optimus Prime, Megatron, the Decepticon leader, gets a 10 for strength. And uh, coming in second there uh, as part of the intelligence pool, Soundwave. And then all three Seeker Jets get a 7 in the strength category. And it's going to be important to note soon that there may have been a mix-up with the numbers for the Seeker Jets, Starscream, Skywarp, and Thundercracker. Of the uh, Decepticons engineering pool, Ravage uh, comes in at a 5. And... Uh, Interesting to note of the Warriors, the other Warriors, Frenzy, who is the only other Warrior in the uh, 84 line, has a strength of 2.5, and he's the only one that has fractional strength numbers in the first year. And that's not something you see very often uh, throughout G1, is these fractional strength, uh, fractional tech spec numbers. But uh, his do feature um, fractions in halves or quarters. The weakest Decepticon in the first year is Rumble, and again, we're talking about the black and red robot with a 2 strength. And moving from bronze to brains, it's interesting to note that in the Autobots intelligence, intelligence. rankings, Brawn has the lowest number with a 3. Uh, the highest, of course, is, again, Optimus Prime with a 10. But uh, following him, uh, you have Wheeljack with a 9, uh, Jazz Mirage, and Prowl, who I've grouped into the intelligence pool, all have 9s as well. Uh, in fact, the intelligence pool, as I group them, uh, no one ranks below a 7, and only two Autobots overall rank below a 6. Uh, there's nobody at 5, uh, Bronze at 3, and Cliffjumper's at 4. Everyone else is 6 or higher. Of the Warriors, the smartest infantry grouped robot, uh, again, is Sideswipe with a 7. And uh, Ratchet, the Doctor, uh, sits firmly at an 8 for intelligence. Of the Decepticons, again, Megatron gets a 10 off the top, and that's important. Uh, because most of the leader characters uh, usually get 10s in many categories, if not all the categories. Following that, uh, ranked at 9 each are Soundwave, 
who leads their intelligence pool, and Skywarp. And now this is a uh, something I've probably mentioned before in the podcast and uh, should be mentioned again. It is commonly believed that Skywarp's tech spec numbers were flip-flopped with Starscream's um, because Starscream's numbers overall are pretty average and would line up better with his warrior, uh, with Skywarp's warrior function. And Skywarp's numbers line up better with Starscream's air commander function. So, when I mention Skywarp, please keep in mind they are probably meant for Starscream, and this one is uh, particularly noticeable, and Skywarp is a 9 in intelligence, while Starscream is a 7, along with Thundercracker, who has very similar numbers to what Starscream was given. In fact, their numbers on strength, intelligence, speed, endurance, rank, courage, Firepower and skill. Yes, I'm reading this off the page. All eight numbers for Thundercracker and Starscream are exactly the same. And for Starscream to be the air commander versus being a warrior, which is what Skywarp and Thundercracker are, those two, Skywarp and Thundercracker, really should have matching numbers. Of the uh, engineering pool, Ravage uh, sits at an eight for intelligence, which is the uh, the next low, next one down, and the highest of uh, the Decepticon cassettes as well. Dumbest Decepticons are Frenzy and Rumble. Frenzy with his fractional numbers is a 5.75. Rumble at the bottom with a 5. But uh, that's smarter than Cliffjumper, who was a 4. Now, let's, uh, let's talk speed. High noon. Black rolling below the asphalt. This is one of the categories that Optimus Prime does not have a 10 in, but only two characters have an 8 on the Autobot side, and Optimus is one of them. The other is Windcharger, making him the fastest of the infantry and the first one that isn't Sideswipe to lead a category. Of the uh, engineering team, Wheeljack has a 7, putting him as the uh, highest in that group, and uh, of the intelligence group... Uh, there's a whole slew of sevens here in the Autobots, and uh, Jazz, Mirage, and Prowl all have sevens for speed. The slowest Autobot, Ironhide, has a three. Uh, there's a couple of guys that have a four, but Ironhide is the lowest at three. Uh, and if you're keeping track of the medical team for an ambulance, Ratchet has a four for speed, which uh, does not bode well in case of emergency. On the Decepticon side, this is one of the categories where Megatron isn't even close to the top. He has a speed of 4 because, really, how fast can a gun move? Skywarp has a 10. And again, talking about the flip numbers for Skywarp and Starscream, this is probably Starscream's number. And then Starscream and Thundercracker come in at 9. Of the uh, intelligence division of the Decepticons, Laserbeak and Buzzsaw both come in at 8 for speed and coming in at the bottom with a 2 each. Rumble, the red robot, and uh, Soundwave both have 2s. Uh, but Frenzy has a 3.5, which is uh, weird since he's pretty much exactly the same as Rumble. Moving on to Endurance. Now is the time for me to rise to my feet! And if you've endured these uh, piles of numbers... And to make you endure some more. Again, Optimus Prime has a 10. And of course he would have a 10. He's Optimus Prime. So let's move down to the next one. This is the first char character to have a 10 in any category uh, that isn't Optimus Prime. And that is Trailbreaker. Uh, has a 10 
in endurance. He's the only one to have a 10, uh, followed by Braun, who has a 9, uh, pulling up the engineering team, and Blue Streak uh, has a 9 as part of the infantry team. And Ratchet, just for those of you keeping score, has a 5. The lowest of the endurance group is Cliff Jumper and Wind Charger, both with 4s. Uh, they also both fall as uh, some of the weaker parts of the infantry corps, uh, having fours in strength and fairly low intelligence and fairly high speed values. On the Decepticon side, Megatron does not have a 10, but he does have an 8 uh, leading the command group, while Rumble, the red one, has an 8 as well for endurance. Uh, bringing up the bottom of the endurance group for the Decepticons would be Buzzsaw, who has a 4, and uh, leading the engineering and intelligence groups, respectively, Ravage and Soundwave, both with 6 in endurance. Soldier, do you know who's in command here? So let's talk about rank. Now, rank should correlate with function to the most part. Um, robots that fall into a certain function usually have the same rank. So uh, at 10 is Optimus Prime. He's the commander. So we're uh, back onto the Autobots here. And then at 9, leading up the intelligence grouping, is Prowl. Uh, he's the only one in that grouping to have a 9. And then Wheeljack uh, would lead the engineering team with a rank of 8. Ratchet, for those of you keeping score at home, has a rank of 7. And the infantry corps all have a rank of 5. All four warriors and uh, Blue Streak, the gunner, as well as Brawn as part of the demolitions engineering also has a rank of 5. And those are the lowest ranked Autobots overall. On the Decepticon side, again, Megatron with a 10. He's the leader. And then at 9, Skywarp. Yes, Skywarp, even though he is not the air commander who should have a rank of 9 and has a rank of 5. Also the lowest rank given out in the first year, 5. Of the intelligence grouping, Soundwave has an 8. And of the engineering grouping, uh, Ravage has a 7. And the warrior groups of uh, Decepticons, the infantry, if you will, both Seeker Jets, Thundercracker, and Starscream, and I say that with air quotes, uh, have a rank of five. But they do not lead uh, that category. Frenzy has a 6.25 rank, making him the highest ranked warrior in the infantry division as they are grouped in this podcast. So, technically, Frenzy, the blue robot, can boss around Skywarp and Thundercracker. Maybe. Alright, let's talk about courage. What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? What makes the hot and top so hot? What puts the apron apricots? What have they got that I ain't got? Courage. You can say that again. All right, let's talk about courage. Once again, we have a 10 for Optimus Prime, so let's count him out. If we uh, disclude Optimus, there are still six other Autobots that have courage of 10, and that would be Brawn, Cliffjumper, Sideswipe, Bumblebee, Hound, 
and Ironhide. And that actually takes all of our groups to have someone with an Encourage ranking of 10. And uh, Ratchet ranks down at 8. None of the Autobots really rank terribly low. Only two have Encourage ranking below 7. And that would be Blue Streak, who has a, has a 2 at the bottom. And uh, Mirage, who has a 5. Of the Decepticons, uh, Megatron does not lead the Courage ranking. He has just a 9. At 10 is Frenzy, the blue robot, with a 10. Also coming in at a 9 are Skywarp, and I say that with air quotes, and Buzzsaw. Starscream has a uh, Courage of 8, if you're wondering, at least officially. And of the engineering group, Rumble has a 7 in the courage category the least courageous and most afraid decepticon this is referenced many times in the coloring books and uh at least once in the cartoon so far that we've uh gone over is that laser beak has a two for courage and then as the lowest rank of any character the first season uh tied with blue streak and funny to mention that because in the show it is a uh repeat thing to see blue streak shoot laser beak out of the sky all right, moving on to firepower and back to the Autobots. It's not Optimus Prime this time. It's one of the few categories that uh, he does not have a 10 in. He has an 8, and he is the second uh, most firepowerful Autobot, only behind Blue Streak with a 9. Leading the uh, engineering team, Wheeljack, once again with a 7.5. Uh, the only other uh, fractional tech spec numbers in the first year and leading the intelligence pool with a seven in firepower is ironhide and that makes sense as uh the autobot security officer pulling up the bottom of the pack uh four characters on the autobot side have a one in firepower and that is brawn huffer Bumblebee and Gears. So four of the toys that actually don't come with any sort of weaponry also have a low firepower ranking of the Decepticons. Megatron leads the bunch with a uh, 10 in firepower, and that makes sense. He does turn into a gun. Rumble, the uh, red robot, and Frenzy, the blue robot, both have nines in firepower, leading uh, the non-Megatron pack. And... Uh, for the intelligence group, Laserbeak, the most cowardly, has an 8 in firepower. At the bottom of the firepower scale, uh, the only character on the Decepticon side to have below a 7 is Soundwave with a 6. Interesting to note that more than half the Autobots, going back to the Autobots real quick, more than half the Autobots have a firepower of 4 or less. Uh, that includes Prowl, Sideswipe, Hound, Trailbreaker, uh, and Ratchet, in addition to the uh, four that have a firepower of one. I am the Finally, we're going to go into the final category of skill and shocking. Optimus Prime has a 10. So let's talk about the Autobots that have skill of 10 that aren't named Optimus Prime. And uh, it knocks out a couple of the categories that we have grouped these into. Wheeljack, uh, the only one in the engineering 
tool to have a 10 in skill. Um, Jazz and Mirage, both as part of the intelligence group, also have a uh, skill set of 10. And that's interesting because one is a special ops agent and the other is a spy. They are both essentially spies. And in the medical group, for those of you keeping score for the one person in that group, Ratchet does have a skill level of 10. Of the infantry group, Windcharger has a skill level of 9, uh, beating out Blue Streak, who has a 7. Of the least skilled Autobots, once again, it is Brawn at the bottom with a 4. In fact, Brawn's tech spec numbers are the most up and down of any character in the first year, as he either leads or is the least in six of the eight categories. And finally, the Decepticons with a skill level of 10. Once again, not Megatron, who has a skill level of 9. Ravage and Soundwave both have skill levels of 10, so that puts our uh, engineering and intelligence pools into the mix. And as far as the infantry team goes, um, Skywarp has a skill level of 8. And again, I say Skywarp in quotes. And if that was the case, uh, Skywarp has that 8. Starscream has a 7. So those would probably be flipped. And the other two secret jets would be in at 7. At the bottom of the pile with a 5 is Rumble, the red robot. And while we're on the subject of toy colors, let's talk a little bit about the toy line from 1984 and how those numbers uh, break down a little bit. So there were 31 toys in 1984, and that is counting the mispacked Bumblebee figures of uh, Red Bumblebee, Yellow Cliff Jumper, and what eventually became known as Bumper. So counting all of those, of the 31 toys released that year, 23 were original molds. So uh, as my count goes, 23 are original molds. Six are redecos of one of those molds. Um, so, for example, Buzzsaw is a redeco of Laserbeak. Rumble is a redeco of Frenzy. Pick whichever color you want. And Skywarp is a redeco. Skywarp and Thundercracker are redecos of Starscream. Um, for uh, retoolings, retoolings or remolds as... Uh, we'd like to call them too. Uh, there are only two. They're both Autobots, and that would be uh, Prowl and Ratchet have light bars on their roofs versus uh, Blue Streak and Ironhide, who do not. And so that is how the numbers break down for the 84 toy line. And yes, I've been joking around about red versus blue, rumble, frenzy, depending on which continuity you follow. And that is probably one of the big fan arguments that has gone on since 1984 because if you had a toy uh, Rumble was the red one and Frenzy was the blue one but if you watch the cartoon it was Rumble was the blue one and Frenzy was the red and black one and with that in mind we are going to transition to the earliest days of the Transformers online fandom and what I did I dug up uh, some of the earliest posts on Usenet, which is really where Transformers Online fandom was born, uh, not just in 1984, but through the rest of the 20th century, and did a little Google foo and a little Google searching and found the earliest mentions of the Transformers 
in some way, shape, or form that wasn't in reference to uh, electrical engineering or audio engineering. And pulled up uh, the only two posts that mention Transformers, the franchise as we know it, and both mention the Marvel comic. And so uh, let's take a look and uh, let's read these in uh, chronological order. Uh, so the first one actually is a review of the uh, first Transformers comic and it is by a gentleman named Ted Nolan. And uh, this was posted to the Usenet group net.comics and the subject line, Years Worst. From the top, uh, I guess this was a thread about the Years Worst comics. And Mr. Nolan wrote the following. My vote for worst comic of the year would have gone to Marvel's Transformers number one. Has anyone out there seen it? I'm still trying to figure out why I wanted to spend 75 cents on it in the first place. But any reason I may have had was inadequate. The premise is that two groups of, quote, robots evolve on a faraway planet and start an eons-long war for control of the same. This knocks the planet from its orbit and sends it spinning through our solar system. Exclamation point. The good guy robots send an expedition out to punch a path through the asteroid belt where they are ambushed by the bad guy robots and all end up crashing into Earth and being suspended for ages in a volcano. Then they wake up and start the battle again. I had thought I had seen bad comic writing at its peak during Marv Wolfman's tenure on Machine Men. Machine Men issues 10 through 13 in particular are classically bad comics and can be savored as such. But I think Ralph Macchio has topped even this. The following is typical. The Autobots, whereas life everywhere in the cosmos usually evolved through carbon bonding, here it was the interaction of naturally occurring gears, levers, and pulleys that miraculously brought forth sentient beings. In addition, both sides go through incredibly bad sequences to establish the identity of each robot in the worst, of course you know, manner. And there are gaping holes in even elementary plot logic. First has been accusing Marvel what amounts to dumping. I cannot think of any other reason for this comic to exist and admit to being mystified by its intended audience, especially given the price. It was certainly a different environment to read comics back in the early 80s, and it was much certainly a different world in terms of being able to get information out onto the very, very nascent stages of the internet. So instead of me trying to explain to you what it was like in 1984 to get online just to review a comic book, and to talk about a comic that you probably even weren't too thrilled with. And what the world was like back in 84. To be able to do that, I, uh, I hunted down Ted Nolan and uh, had a good uh, conversation with him. So instead of me explaining it, why don't you just listen to a little bit of my chat with Ted Nolan, the first person to ever post on the internet about Transformers. I was working as a graduate assistant for uh, the computer science department at the University of South Carolina at the time, and we had just gotten a uh, VAX 11780 uh, computer as the new de main department computer, which made us kind of uh, independent from the main university computer down at uh, facilities. 
And uh, one of the things we did was we loaded 4.2 BSD Unix on the VAX, and we established for the first time uh, email to other sites via the dial-up network uh, using UUCP, which was the Unix to Unix copy program, all over modems. And uh, kind of piggybacking on that, we heard of some software called uh, Usenet, and we tracked that down, or uh, I think my colleague found a, a tape somewhere with the source on it, and we compiled and installed it and set up a connection to uh, the National Cash Register Company, a vanished computer company bought out by AT&T and then run into the ground. But they had uh, a facility in West Columbia, a few miles from us. So we would dial into them and pick up Usenet, which was just essentially a spool directory of text messages that went out to, you know, dozens, I guess, of sites at that time. And um, a lot of technical stuff, of course, but given that it was a lot of computer people running the thing and contributing content, of course, there was a lot of uh, science fiction and movie and comic book talk as well. And uh, it was kind of addicting that you could sit there and read messages somebody had posted about a comic, you know, maybe across the country, and you could put in a response and... Uh, now, it would get, we were amazed at the time that it would get there, you know, within a day or two, because it was a store and forward network. Now, of course, it gets there pretty much immediately. But it was, uh, it was an interesting time uh, to, to be online as things were first starting to connect to each other. Piggybacking off of that, uh, what made you want to post about comic books back then? Well, I had... Uh, just kind of gotten into comics in a big way at that time because I was working my first job as a graduate assistant, as I said. So I had uh, a stream of money coming in. Not much money, but, you know, it was the first job I'd ever had. So I wasn't, you know, hoarding up my lawn mowing money or anything like that anymore. I could actually pretty much buy as much comic books and books as I wanted. And it was kind of uh, the period when DC started first coming into its own. If you look at the message you quoted, you can see that I say something about Swamp Thing, which ha had been going for not too long at that point with Alan Moore at the head. And that was kind of the start of, good heavens, these are actually really good. And, of course, uh, DC also had the Wolfman and... Terra's Teen Titans going on at the, on at the same time. So uh, there was a kind of a sense that things were, were happening. I think we were still probably, uh, my timing is not, my memory is not that great. I think we were still probably a few years away from the black and, black and white explosion and the various third-party explosions and implosions. But it was an, an interesting time and things were starting to happen and uh, as I said, I could actually participate a little bit because I had this new uh, tool for talking to people and I had some money to actually buy uh, some comic books. So uh, f 
from that, so you picked up uh, the Transformers comic back in the day. Do you remember anything about uh, that time when you had picked it up? Well, I have the distinct impression that I read the comic at our beach house. So I'm thinking I must have probably taken a stack of new comics down on, uh, if not spring break, then a spring weekend. And uh, I knew nothing about Transformers at the time. I'm not sure I'd even heard of it until I saw this comic book at the comic store. And... uh, uh, As you can see from the review, I was not particularly impressed with it. Uh, I don't remember very much firsthand anymore. Reading the review, I get the impression I thought they were trying to over-explain a silly concept, and they probably should have just gone ahead and told the story without trying to explain how the robots evolved from naturally occurring gears, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And (laughs) after reading the comic, uh, I did not, that did not encourage me to see the cartoons, which I understand were quite good sometimes. Uh, And I did not really uh, encounter the Transformers again until the second Michael Bay movie. And the, then I think it was the third one, the one with Leonard Nimoy in it. And I thought those were, eh, okay. So I have the feeling I missed most of the actual good Transformers content, which my understanding was in the animated version. But uh, unfortunately, the comic did not inspire me to, to have that uh, conversation with me. To pick up on um, that. I reached out to him online found him and uh he was uh gracious enough to accept my invitation and to uh agree to the interview so uh huge thanks there for making this show all the better now that post from ted also had a follow-up to it in the thread and that is by a gentleman by the name of chuck dobrovolny and he goes on to talk a little bit about uh transformers and west coast avengers but uh, i'm going to quote the uh the transformers part here he says quote i agree with you on transformers I'm trying to find the willpower not to continue buying mediocre miniseries just to keep my finger on the pulse of Marvel Universe continuity. Transformers kind of reminded me of the Micronauts in the early issues. I guess you can blame Mantlo for that, as well as gaping holes in what should be at least rudimentary plot logic. Naturally evolving gears and levers, etc.? Please. So that, it's fun to see the original posts here from 1984 that uh, were from May of 84, just so you're aware. May 22nd for that first Ted Nolan post. May 23rd, 1984 for the follow-up. And it's good to see that uh, even in its earliest incarnation, Transformers fans or not fans were busy complaining about Transformers. The second uh, mention, second, well, I guess third mention of uh, Transformers on Usenet in 1984 came in October from a gentleman named Jerry Boyajian. And uh, he only mentions it in passing while reviewing another comic, uh, Star Ears number one. And uh, I think it's just more of an observation of what's going on in the comics industry as it relates to toys. So, uh, Let's read it here. He breaks in in the uh, 
series of reviews he was doing for a brief editorial. And quote, for some reason, the comic companies seem to have been taken by the idea of basing comics on toys with notable exceptions. They just don't work. Why? My guess is that the concepts behind the toys are poor to begin with. And any comic based on them has to be really good to overcome this basic handicap. The ones that have worked usually do so because of a strong creative team. The Micronauts works because of the rich detail that Bill Mantlo and Mike Golden and later artists put into the workings of the Microverse. The only one that I can think of offhand that has worked was a late 60s DC comic, Captain Action, which had the advantage of having such people as Wally Wood and Gil Kane working on it. Among these toys into comics that try my suspension of disbelief, the most are of the giant robot variety. Such is my bias against them, and that under ordinary circumstances, I wouldn't even give them a first glance. And so it was with such luminaries as Shogun Warriors, the Transformers, and Mantech Robot Warriors. Unfortunately, however, two new giant robot comics have entered the arena that have something about them that made me want to give them a try. And he goes on to review uh, the Starriers, as I uh, mentioned earlier, and Robotech Defenders. Gave them both grades of, uh, he gave Starriers a grade of D, and robot, Robotech Defenders a grade of D-. minus. And so the Transformers Online fandom started off the way it goes today with a lot of complaining. But that's okay. It still continued on. And this show will continue on as we move on to next week's episode. So please stick around. If you like the show, please swing by tfu.info slash Amazon. And uh, anything you buy on Amazon after that will help out the site. Amazon kicks back some pocket change to us. And we put that towards the podcast and the website. And if you want to help the website, swing on by to tfu.info slash help for a full list of all the stuff that is currently not available uh, in the toy archive that we would like to add in. So if you have one of those figures, take some photos, send us the photos. I'll put them personally on the archive. And so we wrap up another edition of this show. Please feel free to uh, send me uh, complaints, corrections, anything you got. Info at tfu.info on the email at tfu underscore info on Twitter and Facebook.com slash tfuinfo. And if you've been with us for all 10 episodes so far, I thank you profusely. And uh, don't forget to go on to YouTube and uh, please subscribe. This podcast is available on YouTube along with some great toy reviews and some other fun coverage stuff. And speaking of coverage, I will be at New York Toy Fair on February 17th, and I will be tweeting live from Hasbro's event, uh, revealing all the new toys uh, for 2018 uh, from Transformers, but also from Star Wars, from Marvel, and whatever else they have in the gallery. Hopefully some G.I. Joe or Mask or Micronauts. Uh, We shall see. And with that... We will wrap things up. If you've been around for all 10 episodes, if you've listened to episode zero, and if you only listen to one episode, it's cool. I thank you all, man. This is great. I'm enjoying doing the show, and I hope you are enjoying listening. So we will continue into 1984 next time. A little bit more to go. Until then, see you.